If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. So look, as we were talking about before the top of the hour, there's a real priority right now in ensuring that healthcare workers have the personal protective equipment they need uh, to be dealing with COVID-19 patients day in and day out uh, in hospital settings, in the ICU, et cetera. Uh, so there's a real crucial need to ensure that there are adequate supplies there. And this relates to the other question about public use of masks. There is a real concern that if the public starts buying or even hoarding masks, that that's going to mean shortages for the healthcare system, and that's going to put doctors and nurses at unnecessary risk. So I, I think that's affecting some of the, the, the conversation and the messaging around this. Although it was interesting to see today uh, in the U.S., Dr. Anthony Fauci uh, says the COVID-19 task force is considering recommending broader mask use for the public, but are wary of taking away supplies from healthcare workers. It says, when we get in a situation where we have enough masks, I believe there will be some very serious consideration about it. And that's kind of where people are at saying, well, should we be having that conversation? Should we be looking at widespread mask usage as as we do see in in some other countries? I mean, I think right now when it comes to social distancing and hand washing and all of those guidelines, those are probably sufficient uh, to keep us protected for now. But obviously with a virus like this and the way it's spread, Masks can make a difference. So there, there are certainly, you know, two sides to this argument. And there, there's a lot I think the public needs to understand about proper mask usage, both in terms of wearing the mask and disposing of the mask. And so I want to bring our next guest into the conversation who had a really insightful piece up at his website, a chemist in Langley.net. Environmental scientist Blair King joins us on the line here this afternoon. Blair, thanks so much for making some time for us here. Good to talk to you. Thanks for having me on. Um, you know, it, it's interesting because there is a lot of conversation around this. I think a lot of people are asking questions, trying to get a better understanding of kind of the, the, the pros and the cons when it comes to wearing masks. You've got a, a unique perspective in, in your own career and, and, and the necessity of masks. So tell us a bit more about where you're coming at this from. So I, I've spent years working with asbestos, and asbestos, like coronavirus, is a, an invisible killer that you don't see, but you inhale, and if you inhale, it will make you sick. And you don't get sick right away, which means that uh, it's a, a big issue. And we, so we have a lot of experience with these masks, fit testing, getting supplies, and training people how to use their masks correctly. And that's a big part of it, too, isn't it? That if, if a mask is not worn correctly, that, 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 can, that can make a huge difference, obviously. And that's the big thing that uh, when pe- why a lot of the health authorities are, are telling people not to wear masks. Masks give you a false sense of security. And more importantly, a mask has the potential to become a viral reservoir that can then, be, then, can then reinfect other things and other people later on. If I am where, say I'm an asymptomatic person who's wearing a mask to protect everyone from my coughing droplets, 
that's mm-hmm. great. I wash my hands. I'm now pretty safe, except my mask gets annoying, so I touch my hand. I touch the mask with my hands. Now the viral particles are on your hands again, even though you washed your hands carefully. The second you touch that mask, which is a viral reservoir, you've now reinfected your hands. And so you have to learn, if you're going to wear a mask, not to touch your, the mask, because every time you touch the mask, you need to then wash your hands. Similarly, a mask... A lot of people are using makeshift masks like bandanas. They aren't going to throw those out. They're going to throw them in the laundry hamper. If that mask is a viral reservoir, that laundry hamper, the handles of the hamper and the hamper itself now have virus on them that could last for hours or days. And so you have to think, what do I do with the mask when I've finished using it? And if I'm using a homemade or makeshift mask, I have to make sure that I dispose of it or I treat it like it's infected and ensure that I don't bring infection into my house because my mask is covered in viral particles. Right, and and so I think that that's a big part of it that maybe people don't fully understand or appreciate. Um, you know, I've seen the argument. Well, you know, we we can teach people just like we can teach people proper hand washing uh, protocols. That that perhaps we can do a better job teaching people how to to wear and dispose of masks. And that's absolutely true. We can always train people. I, but I've spent, decade, I've spent a decade training people, and even then you see people who are well-trained make mistakes. We unconsciously touch masks all the time. The mask is uncomfortable, you move it, and then you have to remember to clean your hands or avoid touching things again. And it, so if you have a large supply of masks that you can repeatedly change and replace and change over, then it reduces the challenge. But if you're stuck using the same mask for hours and hours at a time or the same mask for days at a time, then it becomes a risk. And that's where the health authorities are coming in and saying, look, if we ha- when we have an, a, a large supply of excess masks so people can replace them regularly and wash them regularly, then masks may be an excellent idea. But if you're using the same mask again and again, what you're doing is creating this viral reservoir that will reinfect everything it touches. And that's where the health authorities are coming from. Yeah, and that's such an important point because one of the concerns about having enough N95 masks for healthcare workers, I mean, the proper protocol is, as I understand it, that, you know, you put the mask on, you make sure you've done it properly, you go in and, and you treat the patient, and then, and then you're supposed to dispose of it. That, that's supposed to be it, right? Exactly. And in, in the case of an N95, an N95 is, is a 0.3 micron, uh, is designed to stop 0.3 micron uh, particles. Uh, the, this virus is 0.125. It's smaller than the mask. So what they do in hospitals is they wear a face shield as well to catch the droplets. And then underneath the face shield, they wear the mask just in case. And then they mm-hmm. discard the mask once they've encountered the patient. So they're using two layers of PPE with the mask being the secondary one, and then they dispose of it immediately. So once again, this was before uh, we had the mask shortage, but that was how you ensured that you were safe, by using multiple redundant layers of PPE and disposing of the inner layer every time you had an encounter. Right. Uh, when it comes to social distancing, and, and clearly there, there is, you know, it, it is an effective way of, of protecting oneself, 
following proper social distancing practices, washing hands, doing all of those things. Now, if all things being equal and everybody is still doing those things, uh, properly worn and a properly disposed of mask can perhaps add some some additional protection. But there is that concern, isn't there, that, that about the false sense of security, that people wearing a mask and feel that gives them protection, that maybe people ease up on, on some of the other aspects. Exactly. And, and ultimately, we know that social distancing should work, that uh, the, because we know it's transferred through droplets and we know that droplets don't transfer don't uh, travel huge distances, as long as we stay separated, we're in a position where we're safe. And so if you can maintain that activity, uh, social distancing, then masks become less important. If you can, as I said, multiple redundant forms of protection are the best way to go. If you can use a clean mask and social distancing, you're better. But if you, act, if you decide that wearing a mask means you don't have to socially distance, then you're defeating the purpose and you aren't doing what needs to be done. What do you make of the way in which public health officials have, have spoken to all of this, have tried to convey this information to Canadians? Well, it's really hard if you think about it. I, I think about this from the position of someone who trains people to wear masks, and it is hard to get this through, pe- through people's heads. And I have the, the benefit of coercion. I can say, if you don't do this right, I'm going to kick you off my work site. Right. These people are talking about people who listen and are, have entirely different lives and it, entirely different priorities. It is hard to train people to change their behaviors. And... I, I really give the health authorities credit for how how good a job they have done in changing the way we're behaving. And, and there may need to be more of that, as you say. I mean, long term, maybe we do need a, a, a different kind of conversation around masks. Once we feel we can ease up on social distancing, once we feel that the healthcare system has what it needs, that, that maybe then the conversation can and should change. Uh, well, absolutely. And as you say, if if you want to wear a mask. Do uh, a homemade mask to avoid inhaling particles, that's fine, as long as you recognize what that mask becomes the second you wear it. And you don't touch mm-hmm. it again. You, you, If you're wearing it outside and it's a bandana, it goes directly into the laundry, not into the basket, but into the laundry, and is washed appropriately. As long as you take the right precautions, a mask doesn't hurt. If you don't take the right precautions, a mask can become a viral reservoir and a source of reinfection, a, a source to reinfect the, your household. Yeah. Very important points. I encourage people to read more. Uh, you got this post up at a chemist in Langley.net. Blair, thanks so much for your insight on all of this. Really appreciate you making some time for us here. Thanks for having me on. All right, take care. Uh, there you go. That's uh, Blair King, environmental scientist, uh, a chemist in Langley.net is his website. So, you know, someone with a lot of experience when it comes to, to using masks for protection and training people to wear masks for protection. And, and so there is that side of it that we all need to understand, that if not done properly, whatever benefit you're getting from the mask could present some, some additional risk elsewhere. So that's important to keep in mind. Uh, Isaac, uh, Dr. Isaac Bogok, uh, who's a uh, infectious disease specialist at the University of Toronto, uh, had an interesting uh, uh, Twitter thread today. He says, look, if you want to go wear a mask, go for it. The concern among many in medicine, science, and public health is that masks offer a false sense of protection. That most masks are single purpose, less effective when reused. Masks not worn properly. People constantly touching their face, readjusting their mask, negating any benefit. 
Many types of masks do need to be fit, and some people are wearing improperly fitted masks. So for now, the advice from, from public health officials is social distancing, hand washing, all of that is, is sufficient. There is, as well, a, a shortage of personal protective equipment that the healthcare system really needs. And, and you heard um, you know, Blair King talk about the steps that public health workers, doctors, nurses, et cetera, take to ensure that they have those added layers of protection. And so it's crucial that they have that. I think it was Duke University in the U.S. actually posted, um, made publicly available uh, some guidelines for when necessary, how to properly disinfect and reuse an N95 mask. And it's, it's quite an involved process to ensure that it's done right. But I mean, it speaks to why there's such a pressing need for these masks and why it's so important the proper protocol be followed. So it's, it's really awful to hear about situations uh, for healthcare workers where they're having to basically wear the same mask the entire shift, reuse those masks, try to find ways of disinfecting those masks. So there's a lot of additional risk. So as Blair says, there's that side of it, where the mask that you're using to protect yourself can become an additional risk of infection if not used and disposed of properly. So it, it's something that people need to keep in mind. As he says, it's a, a, a disease that is primarily spread through droplets. If you can reduce the spread of those droplets, then that can be effective. But we need to understand all sides of it. And, and I, I do think longer term here, though, it is something that we're all going to have to learn. Social distancing can be effective, but obviously social distancing cannot continue forever. So when we start to get back to more of a sense of normalcy, where we're once again in areas around a lot of people, but we kind of got this virus under control, but knowing that it's potentially still out there lurking. Will it be more common to see people wearing masks in shopping malls, football stadiums, arenas, amusement parks? You think about everything that we're so used to doing, everything we take for granted, all the aspects of our lives that involve being around a lot of people. And we've kind of put that on hold for now. Right? We realize that we got to get through this, this short-term period here. But once we get out of that, maybe it's, it's inevitable. We're going to have to have that shift and say, okay, we're now at a point where we are going to need people to start wearing masks. So to make sure that there's enough available and make sure people know exactly what they're supposed to do when it comes to wearing and disposing a mask. So some really important points here. Let's take a break. 403-974-8255. Come back with some of your calls right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.